0: You're listening to In The Bunker, a podcast that explores the biggest challenges in starting and running a business. My name is Joshua Maddox, and I'm an entrepreneur and business owner myself. I'm sitting down with business owners to talk about the challenges they face, the lessons they've learned, and how we can all grow from it. Welcome back to In The Bunker. Every business owner has faced so many challenges and we love to share those stories. Today, we have Andrew Calderella on the show with us. Andrew, like many of us, has been faced with multiple challenges. Before the show, we were chatting and really trying to narrow down to just one. And we couldn't. So this episode is going to be a little bit different and we're going to dive into a few different ones and touch on touch on a few different topics. Andrew's got over 20 plus years of experience in, in running a business. And apart from, you know, running that business, Andrew's got a best, is a best-selling author along with other accolades that he's going to dive into in just a second. So let's welcome Andrew to the show. Joshua, thank you so much for having me on your show and thank you everybody for joining us. I appreciate you being here. Let's dive in and let's get to know you a little bit. Who are you? How'd you get here? What do you do?
1: Sure. Everybody, when I start this, they always want me to kind of start at the beginning. So I'll, I'll do that. And I'm saying this because obviously you get to know me, but realize there's no competition between us. This is more just to get to know me and we all have our challenges to overcome. And I appreciate you saying my name, Calderella. You did it well. I appreciate that. I was born in Detroit, Michigan in 1966 to parents fighting for the civil rights movement. I was born with dyslexia, other learning disabilities, and a lazy eye. The lazy eye meant I was seeing 2200 vision through that eye. They actually put a patch over my good eye to make me look out of that bad eye. So uh, I would help strengthen it. Needless to say, I didn't do well in school. I was bullied relentlessly, called stupid every day. Uh, Teachers even got into it. One teacher ridiculed me in front of the class, telling me I should just quit now and leave. So needless to say, it was really, really difficult. With some help of some special people, my mom, special teacher, I was able to graduate from elementary school, went on to high school, actually came out of my shell, became a school leader, was on track, cross country, went on to college, got degrees in speech communications, theology, and philosophy. Was on the crew, which is the rowing team and was elected programming commissioner for a little while. After college, I really, I got a job in Japan right after college and I, uh, lived there for about three years, traveled around the world, trying to start businesses all over the place. I've started businesses since I was a kid, just you know, since I was in elementary school, all the way through and started consulting Ace in 1999 was hit by a car shortly thereafter, I had to grow this business literally out of my bed, broken in and in pain. All this was going on. I also was on this larger mission since I was a kid to try to figure out these answers to why the world is so messed up. You know, how we can all be our best and fix our world. And after 30 years of work, I finally got my first book of three out. They're all written at the same time. It's just the first ones out right now. I just got it out. And so here I am right now. I've uh, got the book out. I'm building a tribe. I've been on all these shows. We have a foundation that we're starting, trying to share this message with the world. And as you may know, after you've worked on something for a long time, How to explain it to everybody to where they understand it and can get to it and make it easily accessible is really quite the challenge. So hopefully that gives you a little idea of where I am uh, and who I am.
0: Yeah, that's really good. And I know just in that intro alone, there's, you know, half a dozen challenges, so to speak, we can dive into. I know you mentioned dyslexia and I struggle with that with myself and going through college, I had a college counselor that straight up said, With dyslexia, you will never graduate from college. And it's just the aspect for me from an education standpoint of having an educator, having someone. And my wife is an educator and she's an awesome what she does. And I I think there are some people in the education field and some people in not even just education, just counseling and, and mentorship and whatever that is that. Sort of potentially stifle that growth in you'll never amount to anything rather than
1: here's three things we can try to overcome this i would love to talk about this for a second because this is really really important and this is kind of what helped me get through this luckily i had a parent and people that did have knowledge most of the greatest leaders in the world that we've ever had have some type of what we call learning disability Learning disabilities often come with gifts. I was given great gifts. I didn't realize them until I was later, but I tested out as a genius in abstract thinking in these other areas. I can do and see things that other people cannot. And just because I can't remember strings of numbers or math problems and things like that doesn't mean we're not intelligent. So what i found is when you have these kids, it's to figure out how you can teach them so they can learn. And when I say that it's really important because. It's more important to teach a child how they can overcome their disability than to hammer in what they cannot do right. And just to give you an idea of spelling, I could never spell, even if I knew how to spell the word, for some reason, I would just do it wrong. You know what I mean? It was just impossible for me to do it right, no matter how many times I did it. I mean, I could do it right three times and then four times wrong. So there's something going on there. What was more key is to teach me to recognize that this was happening and to two. How to look it up and find the answers that I needed, you know what I mean how to spell the word, how to compensate for these difficulties because what you'll find is if you teach the kids how to compensate for them and give them a little bit of a break on the things they can't do well, you can find their gifts and then help bring those out and that will allow these children to uh, amaze you because there's so many great artists and thinkers and uh, out of the box you know people out there that can do great things for us if we just help them so I think that's a I think for educators to realize is these differences in mind don't make you stupid. It just means your mind works a little differently. Mind works in pictures instead of remembering strings of numbers. You know what I mean? My, my mind works in stories instead of this linear memorization way. So it doesn't make it bad, right? Just makes it different. And once you're able to reach that kid, you can bring out their abilities and that's more important than anything. So let's not, let's not write anybody off for God's sake. You never know how far people will go. Yeah, it's super true. If you've never seen you
0: know someone who's listening, if you've never seen what it's like uh, for someone who has dyslexia to read, I would highly encourage you to go to Google and type in what it's like to read with dyslexia. There are websites that will show you literally as Andrew's describing, like trying to spell a word, the letters will actually jump back and forth and switch places. And so trying to read a paragraph with that is
1: incredibly crazy. And then if you add on top of that with these other things, like I can't remember all the words for these things, but when I was a kid, it was like, everything was dyslexia, but you have other things where it's like, you can, you can see one thing and your mind will make it into something else. I remember taking tests and they were like, why are you telling us this is about airplanes? And I'm like, that's what the whole story was about. They're like, no, it was not about airplanes at all. It was about, I can't remember what it was. It's something else that started with an A. But for some reason, as my kid mind was reading this, I didn't know what that word was. So the whole story was about airplanes. I was like, yeah, I guess it didn't really make sense, you know? So it it is, it's a challenge. But this is this is part of the thing. When I was a kid, I was also had a patch over my eyes, so I couldn't see. So I had dyslexia and these other things, and everything became kind of a nightmare out there. I had nightmares of not being able to see and bullies, you know, throwing me in trash cans or stripping you down or just hitting you or l- you laughing at you and all this stuff. And it became a, you want to say? Like like my own inner world was my safety net and everything outside was kind of a, a nightmare, you know? And it was, as a kid, you know, when you think, oh, bullies, you know, it's no big deal, whatever. It is a big deal. You know what I mean? you, You are making somebody's life so much more difficult than it already needs to be. And these bullies need correcting. I just want to say this. I'm not, how to stop bullying is in the, in the third book. I'm going to be doing videos on it, but it's about us calling out these bullies and making them apologize and feeling this empathy and sympathy and regret that will help them grow. And you can do this very easily as a child by making them, you know, confront the person they're bullying, doing it in front of people and showing them the feelings like. This idea of treating others as you want to be treated, which is one of the laws within the way of how we can fix ourselves. Just that alone, treating people as equals, treating people as you want to be treated and respecting life. Those three principles alone could save the world, could fix most of the problems in our society. And we need to integrate that into our children, you know, ingrain that thinking into them. Like, would I want to be having this done to me? Am I doing to others as I would want them to do to me? How would you feel if that was being done to you, Johnny? You know what I mean? These are the kind of thought processes that we need to have our children start to do, because that will bring empathy. It's like, no, I wouldn't want to be thrown into a trash can, you know, who wants that? So I think to fix our world, that's the only reason I'm here. And I wrote this book and everything else is because I found something that is a game changer. And I'm not just saying that I've shown this to people. I would not have done this, you know, being dyslexic, take me three hours to write, you know, just a few sentences sometimes to have it make sense. So this was because. I found solutions to the greatest problems facing us. And I've showed this to hundreds and hundreds of people and everybody agrees, right? That this is the solution. So this next step is to get this out there, to get funding so we can make it a household uh, name, information, that kind of stuff. Does that make sense? Oh, just went off there.
0: No, that's good. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's the aspect of having someone walk a mile in your shoes. And I think that's really where with bullies with, you know, and and bullies can be in school, bullies can be in our society or in, you know, I look at, you know, the ridiculousness of fights happening at theme parks right now because someone got too close to someone or accidentally bumped their shoulder and someone threw a punch because someone bumped into them barely, like
1: accidentally. It's just... It's crazy because we, as human beings don't really know how to be. We really aren't given a cohesive, holistic way to deal with our emotions, our uh, physical, mental, you know, spiritual life, our financial life, all the, all these pieces add up to make a whole human being. And the problem is it's all fragmented. So that guy that's throwing that punch, right? He's, his buttons have been pushed to the point where he's lost control, which the human conditions under which we live force us into one of these circumstances of self-control to see if you can manage yourself. And this is one of the aspects that we can teach our kids, right? If you teach your children, self-control aspects as children, that guy wouldn't be throwing that punch. Uh, he would know that he's, he's being activated. He's getting close to his breaking point and he can go do some exercises mentally to calm himself down. So he doesn't do those things. Yeah. You know, bullies do graduate and go on. A lot of times, a personality men, if they're not raised correctly, instead of becoming protectors and good people they become these bullies and dominating and crushing and you know they think that's the way a lot of wealthy families teach their children that they are somehow special and deserving so they look down on everybody and treat people with disregard and disrespect as part of their life being you know what i mean this this is what we see throughout all of human history this idea of kings stuffing their houses with gold while their citizens are starving you know this this self righteous kind of sickness that has infected humanity. Some people call it the original sin, this idea of, you know, are we good people or bad people? Are we falling to the light side or dark side? You know, verse, vice versus virtue, right versus wrong. These are the realities, right? This is not some movie, right? This is you acting this out every single day. As a business owner, we're on a business show. Are you treating your employees with respect or are, are they able to live wonderful lives because of the, the work that they do for you? You know, I mean, if you have people suffering because of your work that they spend their life at, you know, their, their most productive hours of their day, and they can't even feed their families or they're living in poverty on having to go on food stamps, you're stressing out the government, not helping uh, the society in which you live. Business is about solving problems. Fundamentally, that's it. And the biggest problems that you're working to solve is not only your product, but your, your employees, your business, everybody in that company matters equally. Otherwise the business would not exist. And the same thing with the environment. If you're just dumping and destroying the world, you're a parasite, you know, you're not helping, you know, yeah. so you got to solve all of these problems. That's so true.
0: Yeah. There's, there's so much, I feel like, you know, just with that one topic that we can, we can dive into for the next four hours. <laughs> exactly. Let's go, man. I'm up. Yeah, no. Yeah. But looking at some of the businesses that you've started and ran. When talking through some of the challenges that those businesses
1: have faced. What does that look like? Well, let's start as the startup because I started businesses, like I said, when I was in elementary school, yep. uh, just quickly tell you that one. I quick funny story. I was uh, actually buying cards off the ice cream man truck and selling them in school. And I kept taking all the kids' lunch money. And after weeks and weeks of this, my principal calls my parents and tells me to stop because these kids aren't eating lunch because I didn't give them extra money. But so I've always been kind of, we did like little shows here in our neighbor's yard, like uh, amusement park, all sorts of things when I was a kid. Then I started another business when I was in college, my brother dealing cars through the Naval Academies that got crushed by uh, all the local dealerships and, um, and whatnot. So anyway, so I've started all these companies. I've worked for so many different businesses. I've helped build companies as a recruiter. One of the first things let's talk about is this idea of a startup. Everybody wants to have their own business, which I get. There's a difference between running a business and having a cool idea, or or being a product person, or even a service person, right? Running a business means you got to you got to be into the business, meaning you got to know every aspect of this: the financing, the marketing, the you know the actual setup, the employee handbook, the legal aspect. You know what I mean? You you are going to be focused on on doing the business. Telecom. You know what I mean? You're going to be setting up phone systems. You're going to be doing and. As a business owner, my advice is you have to know all of this to some degree. You have to walk those shoes, understand what that people that you, even if you hire them later to take care of it are doing, otherwise you're not going to be able to manage them. You're not going to even know that if you're relying on business uh, people to just tell you, yeah, I'm doing this fine, and you have no idea what they're really doing, you're not really running a business. You're hoping that all these people are going to do something for you, Then if you lose that guy, you know I mean? Somebody's got to come in and figure out what he was doing and all that. It's not going to work. So as far as a startup goes, you have to understand who is the product guy, who are the people that are going to be helping you run the business. And it may be you are the one man show. So you got to be able to, to run all of these different aspects when you're starting and then kind of grow in uh, and bring people in as you do it. And just a key thing on this, on this startup, the people that you're looking for, the most successful startups I've ever seen are the ones that have people that are fully into the thing. Like they're they're coming in and they're like, yeah, you don't have this great idea about this improvement to this design and you know, this aspect and this aspect. And they're all sitting there talking about that. It's not the guys that are like, yeah, man, we're gonna make so much money. I can't wait to buy my Lamborghini. Oh, I went out and party last night. I'm so excited. You know, I want more of a share of the company. I deserve it. You know what I mean? That is a nightmare, okay? It's gonna explode, okay? Because that person is never gonna work. They're gonna be wanting to hang out on the beach. You want the guys that are into the product and those that and making the business work. As the primary focus and everything else comes as a, you know, as a blessing on top of all your great work. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. And I think, you know, to add to that, the
0: aspect of knowing every element of the business is very much the premise behind like shows like Undercover Boss. And if the owner of a company there's, there's a fast food company, a burger shop, and I cannot remember the name of it right now. But they start, doesn't matter who they hire, they start them in the kitchen. So they hire a new VP of marketing at corporate and that guy gets to spend a week washing dishes and then he gets to spend a week as a fry cook and then a week running the register. And then he's allowed to go to corporate and start his corporate job. And so, but when COVID hit, guess what that company did? All the executive level who was working from home when they couldn't hire employees to run the drive-through all those executives said i'd go work two days a week running a drive-through i can cook fries i know how to do that i've been trained exactly and so now they fill the gaps because they have the training they understand that now obviously that's you know one specific business model but i think that's sure. you know and that's what you're talking about is knowing yeah. the business
1: you can jump in when a position opens up. Like, let's talk about on a higher level of code. I deal with code a lot on a startup business with code. I'm not a coder, but I learned all the different ideas and the idea of how code works, the different languages and in, in theory, so that when I went in and I had conversations with the uh, non-tech people and the tech people, I could understand what the hell they were saying. This is really important because if you're building something in, let's say Ruby on Rails, and you lose your designer and there's a very few good people in the pool that you can pull from, it can really destroy your business right there. Because now you're sitting there trying to find new Ruby programmers and you can't because they're all hired or they cost a million dollars or whatever it may be, whereas if you coded in PHP or uh, some other universal language, you would have millions of people to choose from. So what I'm saying to you is like, not only you don't necessarily have to be the coder though. Like I said, I did a little bit of that just to understand what they were doing. And then, how do you like, what do I say? Like the theory is really important because, like, can you modulate your code? Can you, you know, what am I say? Make comments on the code because not everybody codes the same. Same coder can do something in two lines. This guy does it in 10. He puts this block down here. The other one puts it up here. If they don't notice, note what they're doing. If you lose that guy, somebody comes back in and looking at the code, it can take them literally months to figure out how this is working because this other guy's mind works totally different than this guy. So, you know what I mean? This is what I mean. It's like knowing your business doesn't mean you have to know literally how to do it, but you need to know how to make it work and how things kind of fit together. I've seen the same thing in manufacturing plastics business, whatever it may be, if you don't understand the process that the thing needs to go through, you won't know if the guy's telling you is right or wrong when they make a mistake. So many businesses I've found that the employees are just fucking up and they make it sound like, ah, oh, it's some thing or whatever. And they're telling the boss. I'm like, no, that is bullshit. skip my language. But you know what I mean? It's like, they're just covering their ass because they don't know how to run the cooling machine properly know what I mean? They haven't set the settings or whatever it may be. That's what I'm trying to say to you. You have to understand how the flow of your business works. Talk to people that aren't in your company. The most beautiful thing you can do as a new business owner is find people that are doing this right and just have conversations. You know what I mean? Like yeah. asking about all the, the details of how they made this work. You know, what is, what are the problems? Like you're doing with me. It's like, so whatever business it is, find a successful business, find the VP, find the guy who's running the engineering. Hey, can you just help me just answer a few questions? What do you look for when you're building out this code? Oh, I look for A, B, C, and D. You know when I'm when I'm interviewing or whatever it may be. That'll give you some insight.
0: Well, and the the element with that is if you throw out a project a bid and you say, "Hey, I want," you know, "this is what we want to do," and you get five bids back, and one's at a hundred thousand, one's at eighty thousand, one's at seventy five thousand, and one's at twenty thousand dollars. And you're like, sweet, we're going with the $20,000 one. But for my company, you know, we're a digital agency and we've seen projects that have gone to developers who have no idea what they're doing, who are just copying and pasting random chunks of code together to string things together to get them work and what a good developer would have done in 10 lines took this developer 150 lines of code, which means massive inefficiencies.
1: You know exactly what I'm talking about.
0: And the problem is something broke six months down the line and we were called in to, hey, can you take a look to fix this? And we were one of those higher bids and we told them no, because it's going to probably cost you three times what it would have for us to do it right to fix it.
1: I've seen schools collapse because the builders didn't do that. You know, they, they scrimped on whatever. So that bridge in Florida that,
0: that was at the college or whatever that fell over.
1: Yeah. And that uh, other building there, I mean, they, they kept seeing that it had cracks and issues, but they didn't say anything. So when well, I think the challenge
0: is honestly, as a, as a business owner, it's hard for you to distinguish between someone who's taking advantage of your business. And someone who's trying to do the right thing. Well, let me give you
1: some advice on that. And what I found is, especially when you're starting a business, you can sometimes find strategic partnerships where you can share some amount of profits or success. And this is important in the beginning because if you don't have the money to hire somebody like yourself, right, it may be more expensive. But you know you're the right guy. What I did is I go, "What if we make a deal? Okay, I'll give you profits for you know ten years. We'll share profits if you believe in what I'm doing." obviously you have to see everything, that we then share profits. And I can't tell you how many times I have had developers do things for me with that payday in mind. It could be even sales. It can be developers. It can be all sorts of, of, I remember in the beginning of one of my ventures, I I was like, I can't pay a sales guy. So I just said full, full, uh, yeah, full permission. But I did it over like the lifetime of the client. So it was like, Hey man, you give me this guy. We have him for 10 years. You get paid every single month for 10 years. You know what I'm saying? So he had a vested interest of helping us out once in a while to keep the client and all the rest. Same thing with the developers. You know what I mean? Hey, you help us code this out. We do a good job. This thing launches and they're obviously now have a vested interest in making it work. So they're not going to in on the code. So anyway, that's a, that's also a good way to help bootstrap your business. And then you get yeah. people that are working for the payday. And again, so they're not just collecting the check right now. They're, they're, they want this to work. So hope yeah. that
0: extra mile for you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and that's a big thing with me is part of why I started the agency was the fact that there was a handful of local companies that were just, just grabbing money, there was a company locally that would charge something like $2,000 as a website launch fee. It was a hidden fee in their contract that was like, oh, you paid all this money to build a website? Oh, we charge you two grand to launch
1: it. Like if you wanted to actually put it live, it's $2,000. Oh, I know people that have in their contracts where you don't own anything. Like they they own it all and you're licensing it. And if they get to use it forever, they want. It's just crazy, all all this stuff out there. And this is what I mean about corruption and about businesses being out there to solve problems, if you are out solely to make money, you should not be in business in my opinion, because you're doing it for the wrong reasons, right? If you want to help this business become a better business, then that's a whole other deal. You know what I'm saying? If you, if you're just, I know so many business owners or so many people, uh, wealthy people, especially that are into making more and more money. And I, and when I talk to them, I, is this bringing you happiness? And they're like, well, I have to work more, I have to hire more, I'm grinding more. I'm, you know, I'm I'm getting more out of my business. I talk to them. Yeah. So you moved your business offshore. Now you're paying people sub life wages and dumping stuff in rivers. And you now bought another house. You already have 12 and you stuffed it with all this stuff. How is that helping the world? You know what I'm saying? I mean, how is this helping anybody? You know, some people get mad at me when I say these things, but This is the idea, this is where people get lost. The idea of success is not wealth, power, and fame, right? Those are temptations and roles and things that happen to you in your life that you have to manage, otherwise it can corrupt you. They always say that, right? If uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely, wealth, power, and fame, sometimes intelligence and beauty can corrupt you and make you think you're somehow superior and deserving and all those lowly people need to be uh, living horrible lives because that's what they deserve. No, nobody deserves that. If you were in their shoes, you would not feel that way, right? It's not right for you and your kids. It's not right for anybody and their kids. So the whole idea here is for the haves to not become indolent, to sit around and think, oh, I made it. Now I can just cop out of life and stuff my house with gold. It's like, no, now that you're in the position of power and ability to affect people's lives, you need to take responsibility and do the right thing, right? So if you're, if you're paying people responsibly so they can take care of their family, send them to school, buy healthy food, get educated, you know what I mean, you're adding to the society. So hopefully that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does. (laughs) Yeah, it does. It's yeah, it's, it's crazy. And, and businesses, like you said, if you're in business to just make money and not help people. Making money is a byproduct of doing a good job and helping people succeed,
1: and yeah, that's, that's like exactly. for, that's in my book right here. Profits are six su- are the market of your success of doing the yep. good job, right?
0: For yeah, and that's people. that's something for me that I have had salespeople in the past, and for us, it's mission before commission. Like, if you're selling a project just to make a commission, then no, like you're not getting that and we'll, we'll both void the contract. We'll turn the client down. Like I don't want projects that we don't believe in, that we don't know without a shadow of a doubt that we will make that client more successful by completing it. Because at the end of the day, for us, most of our business is referral based, based upon the aspect of we've got clients that we've Double, tripled, quadrupled their business. and we've got you know landing pages and and campaigns that we've done that we get a forty percent conversion rate on a landing page from a cold ad. And so it's like that's the type of stuff that we want for our clients to get. And if we're just looking to make a buck, then we're going to have a bunch of really bad Yelp reviews, really bad Google reviews and we're not going to get new business which means our runway of you know being in business is going to become very short and it's going to be very hard to get new business which means we're going to want to do everything in our power to keep that business which means we're going to become slimy and do things like we own all your digital assets or we own all your intellectual property or that stupid junk that other companies do and that's why those companies do that because they've realized that their customer service and
1: their sales team is selling the wrong thing. Well, I think there's a lot of desperation in the world. So there's a lot of people that have started businesses out of desperation. So it's not, and they do need the money to live. They would, they would probably be happy working for a business, but because of the way our society is structured, it's not designed to help the have nots become haves. (laughs) It's like, if you live in a poor place in this world, the odds of you staying poor are pretty good. You know what I mean? In America, it's a little bit better, but at the same time, if you don't have the right education, the right environment, the right nutrients, just to feed your body correctly, so your mind grows and your body grows, you're never gonna be as intelligent and as fit and healthy as you could be as if you had those things. So our our super rich, the idea of capitalism uh, is wonderful, but it's when it becomes corrupted is when it becomes a detriment, right? It's like the idea of uh, competition. Right, you can think about it like a race. If you go to a competition, there's rules, right? You you go there, you you can't poison the people. You're not on steroids. You're not tripping people in the race. I mean, there's a whole bunch of rules before and after you got to follow. But there's people that will cheat, right? They'll they'll call the team before the night, you know, and make them tired so they're poison their food. They you know what I mean? They'll do something to to make themselves win. They'll cheat to win. And this idea yeah. of competition taken too far is like winning at all costs, and that's what the the idea of capitalism taken too far is like, I have to go after every single dollar. And if you start then taking away from people so they can't live nice lives, you're destroying the planet. You know what I mean? You're you're creating misinformation to stop people from understanding your destruction. You're on the dark side. You've literally are participating in evil. And a lot of people think, but I'm doing good, man. I'm hiring all these people. They should be thankful. They're thankful they have jobs, yes, but they're also living horrible lives because you're not paying them enough. You know, any employee that's working for a multi-billion dollar corporation like Walmart or Amazon and has to be on food stamps and can't send their kids to college and can't take a vacation. You know what I mean? They're, they're sick, they lose their job. This is ridiculous. You know what I mean? If you're if that is literally you're stealing money from your employees. I mean, Walmart, this the the walls, they they opened up a multi-billion dollar uh, museum. They're stuffing it with art instead of paying their employees enough to live a decent life. You know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, you go back in history, you see this corruption of people all the way through any Andrew Carnegie and the other moguls of the 19th century. You know, it's like, they just grabbed people, destroy the world as quickly as possible until the government went like, okay, look, you, you literally have to stop. Right. I mean, we can't, you can't be having people's arms ripped off every single day and throwing them out in the street. I mean, that's not okay. So. Anyway, I, I yeah. could go off on this. I mean, this is the biggest problem in the world, right? We pe- we do not treat people like we want to be treated and as equals. We do not treat people uh, with respect or this world. And if we just did those two things, it would solve most of the problems in all of our world, because he wouldn't need as much government because people are getting paid and they can buy their own stuff. Right. Uh, if you give a good education, you give a way out of these hell holes that people are living in and create a better world, you know, rip down those places and build something nice. You know what I mean? You can have the money. We have all the power and wealth. Nobody wants all this horrible stuff. There's not one person I've ever talked to that wants pollution and dysfunctional government, harmful businesses. You know what I mean? Everybody wants the same stuff. The only thing that's stopping us are a very few wealthy people that are in power that do not understand the basic principles that I cover within the way. And neither does most of humanity. This is new. So, you know, my whole thing is like, we're going to fix this. If we just get on the same page when it comes to some of these foundations of life, join together within a few organizations to peacefully force positive change in the world. We could do all of this in a few years. It wouldn't even take that much with all the people we have. A few dollars from a billion people goes a long way.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it does. I I saw a quote the other day that was talking about, you know, there's a difference between large corporations that have CEOs that make just ridiculous amounts of money and, you know, I, I've seen these these elements of like, oh, this you know CEO should give up half their salary and pay it to you know employees. And although I agree with that, partly, I also think we also need to look at those numbers because the one that I saw was, you know, oh, the CEO of Starbucks makes fifteen million dollars a year. He needs to, you know, take some of that and give it back to, you know, some of the employees. And If he gave his whole entire salary, just took the whole thing and just turned it around and gave it to all 350,000 employees. Exactly. It's not even close to enough. They get 40 bucks each. Yeah. On an hour, not a day, not a month, $40 a year.
1: And so it's like, to me, it's not about that. If you look at Starbucks and a lot of these other companies, it's the profit, the total profit that you make. Forget the salaries for a second. Yep. If you look at profit is money extra after you have paid your employees, after you played all your expenses and all this stuff, right? So what you're claiming as profit is not profit. It is taken from your employees' lives, right? It's taken from you using this harmful plastic product instead of a natural one or dumping in the river instead of, you know, whatever it may be. So you have to look at the profit first and say, is that real? Is it legit? Or is it exploitative profit, right? Oh, we're cutting down rainforests and dumping in the river and paying our people 30 cents a week in India, you know, and they're living in hell. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and we made a hundred billion dollars in profit. It's like, no, you rape the world and destroy these people's lives and are saying that that's profit. That is not profit. You're a liar. You're a destructive business and you're claiming like you're good, right? This is- we, we as a consciousness, as a humanity, as a, as a species have got to just wake up and embrace some of these higher values that we all want. Who wants a world of poison death?
0: <laughs> well, and that's where, and that's where you get business owners, like the guy, the K cup, the little reuse or the single use coffee cup that Keurig that everybody has on the counter. Now, the guy who invented that invented it with the aspect of each home, like, Having it in a home, but using one or two, like using one or two a week, the problem is the average household will do 20 or 30 of those in a given week. And he sold the company and has spent literally his earnings from selling the company, suing the company to make them make one that's biodegradable and will be recyclable because he's realized how terrible his
1: invention has been been used You're bringing bring a point you get me so motivated here because it makes me so mad it's like as a business owner especially if they if you have a product that's going to be mass consumed one of the keys that we have to stop using is is petroplastics. right there are other plastic alternatives and if it's a single use product that's going to uh, degrade meaning it's going exp- to have an expiration date on it it's really easy to use these other plastic sources that are made out of corn or uh, soy or plant-based or whatever it is because Your thing's going to go bad anyways, right? So this thing's going to degrade, and if they just took the whole thing and threw in the trash, the whole thing would just degrade instead of this plastic nightmare we're created, and it's it's not okay. You know these these plastic industries. If you work for one and you're like, yeah, but I have a job. They pay me really well, but that that plastic industry could easily, because of the amount of power contracts and everything else they have, start to switch over to these other types of things. You know, it's like. uh, when, when cars came into play, it was like the, the buggy makers, you know, all the horse people, they were pissed off, you know, be I mean? like, no, get rid of the automobile, it's like, come on people. We need to upgrade our society. If you're doing something that is harmful, we can, this is our planet. Okay. We only have one of them. You think we can't affect it. You're, you're living in the stone age. We literally are affecting our planet in trees. I mean, there's billions, trillions and trillions of trees that we have cut down over the last couple thousand years that we have not replaced. That is half the problem. You know, we, we, need, yeah. we need carbon sinks. We need to live in a world that is thriving and healthy if we're going to be thriving and healthy. It's not that hard. I mean, seriously, this world is so amazing. You plant something in the ground, give it a little water and sun, it'll grow. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't have to do anything. So it'll, I mean, this world will clean our water, it grow our food, it'll do everything we need If we just work with it. So my thing is right now, and again, it's all covered in the book on how you can make a true business is what I call it and have our governments work for us and not against us. And again, it's a lot of it. It's about making ourselves better people. So we crowd out the bad with the good. You're not going to throw shade and mud on people and yell at people and beat up people to create a better world, right? You're not, it's, it's the opposite of those things that are going to get us there. And just quickly because it always comes down to this. It's like, yeah, but those people are so bad and I hate them. If you're full of hatred, you're perpetuating the problem, right? Violence leads to violence. Hatred leads to hatred. The only way we're going to get there is if you can find a way to forgive. And the only way I've seen it is to feel sorry for people, right? Take a child, take anybody you hate and make them a baby and just think about the life they lived to get into that horrible place that they are. And if you listen to and you learn what these people's lives are like, sometimes you can feel sorry for them. It's like, wow, it was abused, And you know, all these horrible things happened to him and through sorry for feeling sorry and pity, you can feel forgiveness and you can find a way that you might want to reach out and help these people instead of hurt these people. And that's how we can fix our world. It's like, like I said, with business, it's about helping people. It's about solving problems. And if you're solving the people's problems in your business, like even just doing small things. You're like, yeah, you can wash your laundry here in the back. And, you know, we'll do these kinds of services during the afternoon here. So you guys can, you know, get your lives all taken care of while you're at work. So when you go home, you can actually relax and spend time with your kids. Instead of riding, riding around like crazy, I have to do all these errands. I have to do all my laundry. I have to do it. You know, now I got to go back to work. And it's like, people hate that. So these people are spending their majority of their, their best hours of their life all day working for you. What do you owe these people? I mean, these people need a life. I mean, you you owe them everything, right? If you're a multi-billionaire sitting there going, yeah, I made all this money, you made it off of these people, right? So give back. I mean, you can even do super bonuses. You can go back and find every employee that's ever worked for you after you made it and go, here's a... A million dollars, you know what I mean? Or whatever. I mean, uh, you you all get unlimited trips to Disneyland, whatever. I mean, you could do so many wonderful things for people, send all the kids to college that would help out this world instead of just hoarding more and more money. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's really good.
1: I I really, oh man, there's,
0: there's so much good that we've just talked through and, and so much there that we could still just, you know, have a conversation okay. well, on hey. and- yeah, we could. But I think really, you know, the element that you sort of ended there with was, you know, the aspect of thinking about the people who have helped you make it, you know, as you're, as you're growing, you know, making sure, you know, and I don't care, you know, if you're making a billion dollars a year or, you know, $50,000 a year, you know, there's a percentage base that you can You know, send a thank you gift, you know, whether that's a a card and a Starbucks gift card or, you know, something (laughs) to someone. Yeah. Phone call. I mean, it doesn't have to be something that is a massive, you know, dollar amount that, you know, you have to do. But it's the element of, you know, we've got a, we've got a client actually a few years ago, they were insanely busy right around Thanksgiving. And the owner of the company in a company meeting on a Monday morning said, "Who has done their Thanksgiving meal shopping?" And like one person in the room was like, "Yeah, I I bought my turkey and stuff." And so he goes, "Okay," he goes, "Get me your grocery lists this week," and he goes, "And we will shop and deliver the food for you." And the owner and his wife did their grocery shopping and delivered it. That's so awesome. And you know, yeah, that probably costs you know, 50 bucks to 80 bucks per, you know, per employee. And when you're grocery shopping for a dozen people all at once, you know, it's not that exponential amount of time, but it's one of those things that they didn't have to worry about it and it made it so much easier.
1: And it's appreciation. It's those little things. They add up. I mean, it's like, if you look at what you're doing for your life and you talk to people, they want to be happy. That's uh, like at the top yeah. of everybody's list is to have happiness. And that means to not be desperate, to not be worried, to not be overworked, to not be, you know, just run ragged. Right. Yeah. And if you as a business owner need to really structure your business so that it is like that, like <laughs> for everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not just for you living in your high life, but for every single employee that works for you feels valued and appreciated and has that aspect to be able to build themselves and their family, a nice, wonderful life. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that work full-time that are poor in America. Like you're working yeah. 40, 60 hours a week and you literally cannot afford healthy food for your four kids. You can't, there's no way you can afford a vacation. There's They won't even give you time off for a vacation. And even if you could, you couldn't go anywhere because you have no money. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this is like wrong. I mean, it's rape. <laughs> you know I, mean? I mean, it's like, if you're a business owner and you're thinking that, um, that you want to help the world, the biggest thing you can do is to, like you were saying with the, with the thing, you know what I mean? Make your product responsibly, low energy, recyclable, work with the earth, treat your, uh, employees and everybody with respect, help your clients to solve their problems. They're going to be successful. Even if you're making even every single year as a business owner, right, you can feel more pride than the guy that like his own McDonald's or, or, you know, whatever, a Walmart or Amazon, because they're raping their employees and stealing from them and destroying the world while they're sitting around flying on spaceships. It makes no, it's not even cool. Like you are yeah. literally falling to the dark side and you have no clue. You think you're such a good person. And yes, you, you've created something that's big and mammoth, but it is a destructive force in the world. It's like, you know what I mean? I mean yeah. there's, there's no need for it. And people say, oh, if we raise the prices or if we pay people more up to raise the prices. No, you don't because your profits are the raping. You know what I mean? Okay, I'm sorry. I shouldn't be using that word, but the profits are too big. You're you're taking too much from people and from yeah. the world. Those are expenses that you're claiming as profits. And that's the problem. So you don't need to charge more. You can instead of making a billion. You can make 700, you know, million. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. yeah. I
0: think adjusting, adjusting that a little bit is always a good thing, but it's crazy. It's going to take some shift. You know, I think from a, you know, just to talk about this in the
1: book, it's not only that it's also the, the public uh, company. I talk about yeah. this in the book. We rate our public companies on growth and, you know, profits growing every single quarter. You know I mean? If you're not growing, you're a failing business. So when you talk to these guys, they're like behind, uh, you know, a hard place. Cause they're like, look, man, I have to find more money, period. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, I'm out of here and our business is getting bad marks. It doesn't matter if they have 80% of the market share. They just came out with a product of two months ago. That's killing it. Nope. You know, you're, you had a bad month. You're going down. That's got to change. You know what I mean? Yeah. How we rate our public companies and what we determine as a success has got to change. Otherwise, all the public companies can never change because it's like, they're like, well, if we invest, we're taking away from our profits and then everybody's gonna freak out, right? So like a petrol yep. company is like, oh, I wanna take half our profits and put it into non-petro plastics and develop that and really get it out there. They're like, oh, we can't do that because it'll show us making less money. You know what I mean? God forbid. Well, I mean, just look at inflation right now that we're having, it's a big scam, right? Half the businesses that are doing this are only doing it because they can, Half of them are overseas or just shipping companies. They're like, Hey, you guys want to ship more, huh? Well, guess what? Our rates just went up, you know what I mean? Like have a nice day. They don't need to do it. They have the ships, they have the people ready to go. They can hire more under the current plan, but no, they raise raised the prices. The same thing all the way down the line. Inflation is based on the idea of corrupt capitalism. Sometimes, you know, yes, you can charge more, but it doesn't mean you should. It doesn't mean it's right. You, know what I mean? yeah. you can charge hundred dollars a gallon for water in a, in a place that has none. Is that right? Is that just, is that cool? You know what I mean? Do you want to be killed for doing that? You know what I'm saying? I mean, this is, this is like the society we live in. There's certain levels of money that is okay. You know what I mean? You don't have to make endless amounts of profit off of every moment of everything. Yeah. Education, yeah. prison systems, uh, food systems. I mean, there's certain things that, that are not good to have money into. You know what I mean? Like if you have a, Prison system that's based on profits. What do you need? Need more, more. prison, yeah. more prisoners. So, are you in the prisons helping these people not come back to prison and reforming them, or are you making sure that they really get messed up in prison so when they get out they have no hope? Well, and I there. think I think
0: as a lot of people have shifted recently over the past few years to more of a remote workforce, and people are realizing what they value, that they value the ability to be, you know, closer to their family, they value the ability to have time off, they value the ability to not have a two hour, three hour commute every day. And I feel like more and more companies are going to start to have to answer to that and start to have to provide, you know, maybe it's not someone making 20%, 30% more, maybe it's someone who's just not driving, you know, two
1: hours to work every day. Well, there's a lot of ways to help people out in their lives. Yep. And I think that this, this is why this has happened right now. Okay. Everybody, all my friends, everybody keeps telling me, this is why you showed up right now. You have no, you know a little bit about my life, but I've been delayed a lot. I've been attacked by dogs, almost lost my leg, car accidents. I couldn't walk, you know, a lot of delays just to get this information here. But you know, human race, just as beings, as a sentient life form, we need to be, uh, shaken to awake and burned to learn. Sometimes like you have to touch the stove and the fire to know it's hot. So throughout all these thousands of years that we've been developing, uh, we've learned a lot and there's a lot of people that are awake right now and we're more connected right now than we've ever been in all of human history. Like we yeah. know what is right and what is wrong. We can see the wrongness in our society and globally we can connect literally like if I could somehow get out, from, you know, through this bubble, we could connect a billion people like nothing. You know what I mean? Like literally on my Facebook group right now I could have a billion people. Yeah. I mean, just think about the power that we have that we've never had in all of human history. Before, you always had to answer to the man. You know what I mean? It was always the super rich mogul dude that was going to print the story or not. You know what I mean? It was like you there was no way for you and I to have a conversation and to get information out in the world other than there is now. So I believe that this whole thing has happened so that we as a human race can kind of just take a step up because if we don't, we're going to be destroyed. I don't know if you see what's going on in the world, but it's like something like the Alexander the Great times, where people going around with swords. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you're going to cause some devastation and stuff. But it's not like today, where it's like you shoot, you push a few buttons you release a few bugs and everybody's dead. You know what I mean? Or yeah. uh, you know what I'm saying? So this is a different time. Robots. I don't care how strong you are, uh, Mr. Gun Man. But when the robots come and they're shooting you and your family, you're I don't care how many guns you have. You're never gonna defeat the robot drone armies. So we as humanity are either going to take a step of evolution as far as our goodness goes and our ability to manage our society, or we're going to let these few broken, lost, bullied people destroy the world, right? Because it doesn't take that many. I mean, if you look at the way the world's run right now, there's probably what, a couple hundred people that are in control of really at the buttons of power, a couple hundred for billions, and we all want the same thing. We all want all of these peaceful, good businesses, good government, blah, blah, blah. You go down the line, I'll tell you, there's not one person who doesn't want these things. You know, who wants corruption? Nobody. (laughs) You know what I mean? So the problem and how to fix it is why I'm here and why I wrote this book and when I'm trying to get this message out and how we can literally step-by-step fix this as individuals, making ourselves the best people we could be, knowing right from wrong and doing what is right and fixing our world. So anyway, it all starts with education, getting the knowledge, and then joining together so please join with me and let's make all this stuff happen before it's too late yeah yeah well it's been super awesome there's
0: so much here both you know that we've talked through and i feel like that we could spend the next hey, like, show yeah yeah we could spend you know the next few hours chatting for sure you know but before we before we wrap up and end and this episode where is the best place for people to connect with you online?
1: Sure. Uh, it's my website. It's Seven Way Me. That's the number seven, W A Y dot M E. It's named Seven wayme because the way is the book and it has seven steps. Uh, the foundation behind everything is called the Seven Foundation. So it's Seven Way me. Um, the number seven, W A Y dot M E. Just go there. You can find all about me. You know, doing coaching programs. We're doing, I've you know, been a lot of shows. We're doing our own show. It's called the One Show. It's uh, launched in Facebook. We have Facebook groups. We're really trying to just get this to the point where we have kind of a core group of people as anything you know, starts. You need some first followers and then we kind of grow and everybody can get on board and understand these principles. It's really not going to be as hard if we all join together. You think about it, like I said, if it's five of us, there's a lot of work. If it's 500,000 of us, or 5 billion of us working together. It's literally like, just imagine the power of clicking a, a, a petition, you know, once a week, that's not that hard given a dollar a month. You know what I mean? With this core group of people then would have so much power to be able to make the changes in the world that we all need. So Don't, don't just pass by this as something that's like, oh, I've heard this before and whatever. This isn't. I'm seriously, I've shown this to so many people. Everybody's like, oh my God, this is a game changer. This isn't like anything you've ever seen before. Publishers said that to me. They're like, we have seen regurgitations of Carnegie and Robbins and everybody else. That's all everything is. It's like yours is totally new. This is a totally new thing. So please check this out. Don't be too jaded, you know what I mean? And, and join with me and I appreciate it. Seven way me and let's make these changes. Awesome.
0: We'll have that link, some other links and uh, your bio and everything in the show notes for those who want to connect and find out more information about you, what you're doing, what you're up to. And also I'll grab a link to the book um, as well so we can make sure that people can grab that. Awesome. Appreciate the time today and good chatting with you. Uh, Thank
1: you, Joshua. Take care, everybody. Peace.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of In the Bunker. As always, we can be found on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at In The Bunker Podcast. Be sure to share this episode and what you're going to apply from it and how that can affect your business. Make sure to tag us in that post so we can highlight your journey as well. But before you go, I have a quick personal ask. Each episode of In The Bunker takes a lot of work to put together from finding the guest, shooting, editing, all of that. And where I really could use your help is twofold. First, if you're listening to this on Apple podcast or another podcast platform, that can let you leave a five-star review or a text-based review. I would truly and greatly appreciate that. It really helps with the algorithm and allowing other listeners to find the show. The next thing that I really need help on is sharing this with friends, family, business owners, people that you think need to hear this content. I appreciate you listening to this episode and looking forward to next week. Take care.